Well, hello, Secret Squad. Time for a new podcast, and I may have the most timely, relevant set of secrets we have ever shared. We are in the most unusual time and circumstance in the history of our country. For the very first time in history, all 50 states are under national emergency declaration. That's 335 million Americans all impacted by this coronavirus pandemic. 90% of us are under shelter at home orders. And that means so many different and demanding things. Isolation, loneliness, homeschooling, intensity of relationships, anxiety over the unknown, fear, stress, sleeplessness, depression, and even PTSD. This can affect couples, families, children, and adults, and individuals, as we are all called on to make the sacrifice. My guest today is, well, in my opinion, and I could be biased, the top expert in the country to talk to us, to share the secrets of how to navigate this very difficult and demanding time. Well, I'm talking about my husband, Philip. And to all of you, you know him as Dr. Phil. So, sweetheart, thanks so much for doing this, because I know you have been busier since the lockdown even started. And wow, we've been together, listeners, for over 43 years, married 43, but over that. And this is a very busy man all the time. But when I say he's been busier since this lockdown, I mean it. But never too busy for my podcast, right? No, and you've been busy right beside me because everything I've done, you've done with me. Because I've said, if you all haven't heard, Robin has become a jack of all trades. She's been doing hair, makeup, camera, lights, wardrobe, set design, everything. Because I've got the best crew in television, but they're all working from their homes with you know booking and writing this and doing that. But here at our house, it's just... Robin and me. It's just us. And so the two of us are, we've learned a lot. We've learned how to do lighting and all of this, but mostly once we start, she's pushing buttons and moving lights and zooming cameras and focusing stuff. And Well, listen, somebody's got to do it because I know you've all heard me say thousands of times, I really have always believed that this man I'm married to is brilliant. So of all of the times in the, in our lives right now, this may be the most, well, it is the most important time for you, Philip, to be speaking, to be telling everyone what it is they need to know and what they what, what it is you need them to know. So thank you for agreeing to be, of course, my guest on this podcast, but this is a very important time. And so I'm just going to sit back. I've got some questions, but I'm really happy for the listeners out there because I want you to tell everyone what it is we all need to do. This pandemic has been going on for quite a while. We've all been in isolation now for at least a month. And so the first question I have is humans are social beings. So all of this social distancing and all of this isolation is really very hard on all of us. So what's going to happen and give us some advice? Well, you know, humans are social beings. There's no question about it. We're designed to be relating to one another. Mm -hmm. And Right now, in most disasters, we all come together, right? We're all down at the gym together if there's a hurricane or a tornado or a flood. But now we've been told to stay apart. That's right. So, and this is the first, you know, usually when we have a national disaster, it affects 
one state or one town or maybe one region. But as you said, I was listening to you when you were saying at the opening, this is the first time that all 50 states have been affected at the same time since the war. So everybody's affected at one time, but yet we're not told to come together. We're told to stay apart. Because our our instinct is to reach out to each other and help those in need. So if, yes, if it's a national disaster or whatever is happening to one state or to one part of the country, we all come together and we go to help. But we can't do that now. Well, being apart and staying isolated is an act of altruism. I mean, we are being there Mm -hmm. for each other, just we're doing it separately. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that this is one of the most challenging times in the collective consciousness of the United States as we have had since Mm 9-11. You know, in 9-11, I said it was kind of like a death of innocence because we never had been attacked on, on domestic soil by a foreign power. And we always thought that's not ever going to happen. Nobody dare attack the United States, the most powerful nation on the face of the earth. Nobody dare attack us on domestic soil, but they did. And so all of a sudden, we realized terrorism has crossed our shores. It's here now. Mm -hmm. And up until now, you know, we've heard about pandemics before, uh, tsunamis that happen on the Pacific Rim. We hear about these things. And pandemics in Africa or different countries, but never here. Right. And, you know, in 1918, we had the Spanish flu, and a lot of people died then. And then in 1957, we had a big flu epidemic. Then again, in 08 and 09, we, but never anything that has impacted shutting down the United States economy. So this is a big deal. And when I say collective consciousness, it's kind of like I used to say when I was working with juries. There would be 12 people in a jury box, but there would be 13 personalities. There would be 12 individuals, but then there would be one collective personality of how they all came together. And and that's what it is now. There's a collective personality of the United States, and it's affecting all of us in our psyche because we're in this together. Uh, yes. And it's so, again, it's so scary. And I believe that almost everyone will agree with me that we're gripped with this unknown feeling. It's, well, we can call it fear. We can call it the unknown. It's hard to explain. So explain it for me. And and for all of you listeners out there, this is very common for the two of us. The entire 47, almost 48 years we've been together, I'm always coming to him and saying, Just give me one word. Give me one word to explain this or to explain that. Whatever it is that I am either confused, upset, or whatever, the unknown. I will come to Philip and say, explain this for me in one word, maybe two. But Philip, explain to all of us, what is this feeling we're all going through right now? Well, if I was going to say it in one word, it's helplessness. Yes. And the reason I would say that is because this is an invisible enemy. It's like you can't see this. This is bio. And so it's not like there's somebody coming up the road and you have to stop him. This is invisible. But the important thing that I want people to realize is we're not helpless, uh, as we have demonstrated, because this could be a lot worse than it is. We're not helpless. We do have the ability to get this under control. Uh, We have the ability to do it, and it's very simple. You you have to identify where the contagion is. Mm -hmm. You have to isolate those that are contagious and take care of them while they're isolated. 
And then you have to be willing to socially, physically distance during the time that this virus is raging so you don't continue to pass it on. If I have it and I don't get in contact with anybody, then I can't spread it. It's just that simple. And, you know, the flu usually uh, infects 1.6 people. Mm -hmm. With this disease, they estimate that if someone has it, it's so contagious that it infects anywhere from 3 to 4.6 people. So that means it spreads really rapidly. And, you know, originally they thought when they started making all the models that they thought that this would double in three days. I said I didn't believe that was true. And now, for example, Santa Clara, California has run some models, and they said that originally the model was that it would double every three days. Now they say, well, it's actually every two weeks. So it's not doubling as fast. That's why the early predictions were that we would have a million people that would die from this. And then they said, well, at least 250,000. And at the time, I said publicly, I did not believe that. I thought it would be closer to 60 to 80. Um, and now most of the people are saying, well, it's probably going to be closer to 60 to 80. Right now, I, I certainly think all of those models were over-pessimistic. But to answer your question, we're not helpless. We have the ability to do this, as we have demonstrated. I think the reason that it's going it's not as bad as they thought is because they underestimated the spirit of the American people, mm -hmm. our ability to follow the rules and do what we needed to do to stop the spread. Well, when you by answering that question for me, I believe you've just given all of us another feeling that we can can tell ourselves and and give to ourselves is powerful because if having that feeling of helplessness is all we were telling ourselves, we could also say we're powerful. We can be powerful because we have done what we were told to do. We've isolated ourselves. We have done the social distancing. We've done all of that. So we have some power to do what it takes to get through this. So everyone listening out there, give yourself some credit. You are powerful. You've listened. You've done what it takes and are continuing to do what it takes. We do have power, and I believe it was Dr. Fry in 2018 in Great Britain did a modeling experience with pandemic, and in, in the model, there were 42 million people projected to be infected with the contagion in this model, and simply by people washing their hands five to ten times a day, the number infected was cut in half from 42 million to 21 million. Wow. Just simply by washing hands five to ten times a day, doing nothing else, just washing hands five to ten times a day. And sometimes things lack face validity. They lack face validity. And face validity means that when you look at it, you go, yeah, well, I can see how that would be effective. If it lacks face validity, it's because it says, well, that's too simple. That couldn't possibly work. So on its face, it doesn't seem valid. And, and hand washing, you say, that's too simple to kill off a pandemic. It's got to be something more. You got to have some fancy drug or you got to have some big elaborate scheme. But the truth is, one of the most powerful weapons is to wash your hands five to 10 times a day because that clears you, your hands are what touch everything, touches mm -hmm. your face, touches surfaces, touches everything. And if you clean them five to 10 times a day, you eliminate your opportunity to spread the virus. So that's a powerful thing to do mm -hmm. is wash your hands with hot soap and water 10 to 20 times a day for 20 seconds. 
And you don't need a fancy disinfectant. The most powerful disinfectant is hot soap and water. And I'm, I'm really proud of us because when we started this isolation, we both have done everything that we've been told to do. And, and I'm, I feel very blessed that I have been isolated with, of course, with Philip, and he's been doing his research, and he's been on every show that has asked him to come on and, and be a part of these panels of spreading the information and giving the information and doing everything he can to help. And I've had the ability to then, of course, listen to it, but he has broken it down. And some of the most important facts are, just as you said, washing your hands, as many times a day as you should, really, but we've done that. We've washed our hands at least, I'm going to say we do ours probably 15 to 20 times a day. I wear gloves around the house as much as I can. I, I just believe in that. We, we haven't gone so far as to wear our mask while in the house because it's just the two of us. But uh, I still go around the house with my Lysol and paper towels and I wipe down everything just, you know, to be safe. What are some of the other things that you suggest for everyone to still take note, still do, especially if they have to leave the house to run errands to the grocery store, something like that? Well, you know, first off, you need to minimize that. Mm -hmm. you, you don't want to go out any more than you have to right now when this is kind of peaking. Uh, but social distancing is important. And the key is... If you wear a mask, it's going to help you not spread it if you, in fact, do have it. And it's going to help you keep it off of your mucous membranes, at least your nose and your mouth. If someone were to just, you're not going to walk up to somebody that's hacking and sneezing and wheezing mm. in the middle of the grocery store or something. But the problem is, look, 85% of the people that contract this virus are going to have mild, moderate, or no symptoms at all. And I'm going to talk about in a minute why... I have a real problem with what's going on right now. But think about that. 85% of the people that contract this virus are going to have either no symptoms hmm. or mild or moderate symptoms. So that means you can't spot them. If everybody that had this had a big C on their chest for corona, then it would be easy to avoid them. But you can be standing next to somebody in the line at the pharmacy or the grocery store that can be fully infected can have COVID-19 full-blown, which means the coronavirus is in their body, and be giving off no sign whatsoever, but yet putting out respiratory droplets that you could be inhaling, and you get infected. That's why this has spread so much, is because people don't let you know that they have it because they don't know. Well, before we move on to the more serious and important information, uh, let me give a list of some of the things I've noticed that and I'm really proud of that we've done. We've quit touching our face. Both of us are very, very big face touchers. And I've noticed that we've almost stopped that. But I'm so proud of us because for some reason we touch our face. I touch my hair all the time. We've stopped doing that. We don't eat after each other anymore. We don't taste. I don't taste his food. He doesn't taste my food anymore. We don't drink after each other. I'm really proud of that. So we've made a conscious effort to stop doing a lot of those little things that now are so very, very important. And also, 
something that I'm really very proud of. Uh, our children are also doing this social distancing and isolation. They've all, both of them, their families, taken it very, very seriously. Jordan is at home. He's he's isolating. He's not going out, of course. He's doing exactly what he should. And Jay, Erica, and the babies, Avery and London, they've taken it as serious as we have, as everyone has. And uh, what has been really special was some of the things that everyone's doing. And that's, of course, FaceTime. We do that a lot. We really enjoy getting to see each other through FaceTime. And yesterday was a holiday, Easter. And the kids did something so sweet. They got in the car. They drove over, drove up our driveway and parked out front, honked the horn. And we got to stand on the porch. They were over six feet from the front door, but they had made signs at home. They had them taped to the side of the car. Happy Easter. We love you. They did roll their windows down, but they all had their mask on. They waved blue kisses and just we got to see their smiling faces. It was just so wonderful. And we really, really loved it. So, But they were outside and yes. they were 25, 30 feet away, yes, yeah, so. I mean, which is really good. It was so wonderful. And, it was great to see them. It was so exciting to see them. We hadn't seen them in over a month. So I really loved it. And we just... You know, I'm just proud of them for being very serious about everything. And we have to do what we have to do. And I do know that at home, there are so many things now in this day and time that everyone can do to stay in contact with their friends and with their families. There's the Zoom. Philip, you've been doing Zoom. You've been taping your shows and doing everything you can to to get messages out and get the word out about all of this. And so we get up every day and we connect with your staff. Everyone's at home, still working through Zoom. And Avery and her little brother, London, they do house party. I'd never heard of this, but they get together with their friends. They do house party on that. They can play games. There's Google Duo, Google Hangouts, something called Whereby, Skype, something called join.me, free conference call, uh, through all of these different things on the computer that you can connect. You can also have time at home through all of this isolation to just have fun with each other, have this family time. So I consider that just a real positive. Well, the, the grandkids have called their grandmother and asked her, you know, Grandma, give us some things we can do. <laughs> And you've been really creative with them. I mean, one yeah. of the things she said is, you know what you should do? You should throw your mom and dad a wedding. Yeah. You should redo their wedding yes. and not invite anybody. Oh, it In was fact, so send fun. a non-invite to people that you want to come. Yes. And they worked That's on that for did. a week and did it. And it's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. It was so fun. I, I actually kind of had it in a dream. And so I talked to them. I said, you're in charge. And so it was very specific. I suggested that they watch Father of the Bride as a family before it all got started. And then they had five things on the list. They got to pick the theme of the wedding. They got to decide on the guest list. And so they ended up having just their grandmas, their other set of grandparents and, and pops and grandma, their aunts, uncles, and cousins. And then I said, the rule was, you set up a place for everyone at the wedding and you have to find something in the house that describes that guest and it can't be a photo. So they had to pick items in the home that depicted the guest. They baked the cake. They got to pick what mommy and daddy wore 
and they got to write the vows or research vows online and decide which ones each mom and daddy said. And then everyone was the photographer and documented the whole wedding. And so in the end, we got an Evite and it said, you cannot come to our home, but in two hours, you will receive a video of our wedding. And they did. They sent it. We loved it. The video had a soundtrack to it. And then they had chairs set up in the backyard with big ribbons tied around them. There was a tennis racket in my chair. (laughs) There was a a big sun hat with lip gloss in my chair because there's a photo we took when Avery was just a little baby putting lip gloss on me when we were in Cabo. And I was really proud of Jay and Erica because they went along with it 100%. They got, Jay got dressed up in a suit that matched London's and, yeah. and he and Erica walked down the aisle. They said the they vows. had an after party. They had <laughs> wedding cake. They, they, they did the whole thing. It, it, was it was great. Yes. I thought one of your best ones was when you told him to go get old Christmas wrapping paper out yes. and turn it backwards yes. and tack it up on the wall. Yeah. And then let the kids draw murals on the wall on the back of Christmas wrapping paper. Yes. Which is easy to put on the wall without tearing it up. Yeah. And then they, and they had a ball. Yes. Everyone gets their Writing all over the wall. Uh Uh-huh. And it didn't hurt the wall, and it was just old wrapping paper. They used to use the back of it. That's right. So all of you listeners out there, you can hang it at whatever level the height of your child is. And and you've got that at home, so there's no shopping necessary. So so you can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com, and I'll have a list on there of different other projects I've thought of. You should put some pictures or the video on the website. I will. Of I've Got a Secret website. And let people see what they did video-wise or for the wedding, because it was really something. It was just adorable. So I will do that. So, Philip, tell me, let's get back to some more serious questions about this pandemic that's going on. What are some of the strategies for people out there to just continue to cope through this? Well, I'll give you a list. Number one, you have to acknowledge that you're in an unusual time. You can't change what you don't acknowledge. So you have to acknowledge, look, this is tough. And it doesn't mean that you don't love your partner or you don't love your children, but you're in a stressful time. Acknowledge that. You're together 24-7, which you aren't usually, so that's unusual. You've got this pressure hanging over your head. You've got the economy collapsing around your ears. You don't know whether you're going to have a job when you get out of this or not. You don't know if you're going to get a disease or not. You don't know if your parents or your grandparents are going to get it or not. And if they do, are they going to survive? So you have all this pressure hanging over your head. And so it's an unusual situation. So acknowledge it. Don't try to pretend that that's not the situation. If you at least give it a voice, acknowledge it out loud, then you're not pretending. And then number two, I think you have to limit the time you spend looking at the media. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pick a source that you trust one that's the least sensational and most scientific. And I wish the scientists would speak and the politicians would shut up. (laughs) The politicians don't have any more idea in a goose what they're talking about. They're just getting up there flapping their mouths. They don't know what they're talking about. There are scientists. There are molecular microbiologists that have studied this. There are infectious disease. There are public health experts that really understand pandemics and what's going on. They need to speak and inform people what they're up against. And the politicians that keep politicizing this make me want to throw up. (laughs) Uh, Two sentences in, it's, well, Congress didn't do this. The president didn't do this. Well, the Democrats didn't do this. The Republicans didn't do this. Well, you know what? 
if the public doesn't make you people pay for politicizing something that is affecting everyone in America, they should. And I damn sure will. I am right now by calling you out on it. You shouldn't be doing that. But you should pick a media source that you trust if there is such a thing. And you should check in in the morning for 30 minutes, you know, watch or read for 30 minutes, and then check in again at the end of the day and see if something happens. I guarantee you it's not going to change dramatically between morning and evening. And the rest of the time, focus on other aspects of your life, normal things in your life. Don't spend your time obsessing about it by watching and just being glued to the television because I promise you they're going to tell you the sensational things. How many times have you turned it on and they said, how many people recovered? None. They talk about how many people died, how many people are infected, how many beds there are not. They don't tell you the truth, which is a lot of these people that said, I have to have a thousand respirators or ventilators are actually now loaning them out because they didn't need them. I mean, they don't tell you those things. They tell you the stuff that gets headlines. So don't obsess about the media. And then third... Look, you're going to play the what-if game, but play it out till the end. Monsters live in the dark, and people are sitting there, oh, my God, what if I get this? Well, like I said, if you get it, there's an 85% chance that you're going to have mild, moderate, or no symptoms at all. It is not a death sentence. And if you're under 50, the chances are about 97% that you're going to have a few rough days and get over it and go back to your life. So... Does that mean that you can't die from this if you're 20? No. There are people that have died from it as infants, in childhood, in teens, in 20s. But those are the exceptions, not the rule. And if you react to this as though it's a death sentence, when you get it, you're wrong. That's not the case. Don't overreact to it. I do not mean to trivialize this at all. It is a serious infection. You do not want to get it. If you have an underlying respiratory disorder, it can be serious. So I don't mean to blow this off. Robin and I adhere to all the guidelines of the CDC as well as we can. Are we perfect? Of course not. I I can't keep from touching my face all the time. I I don't do everything perfectly, and neither does she, but we try to follow the guidelines. We respect them. We follow them. I don't mean to trivialize this. And look, if you're lonely, I can tell you, if you're experiencing loneliness, anxiety, or depression, the best way to overcome that is is to give to someone else. The best way to fill yourself up is to give away what you need the most. And if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling helpless, if you're feeling anxious or depressed, find somebody in your neighborhood or in your apartment building that is in a worse situation than you are. Maybe there's an elderly man or woman or couple that lives a few floors down from you or a few doors down. Or if you live in a a house, maybe they live down on the corner. You know, knock on the door, step back 12, 15 feet on the sidewalk and say, hi, I'm your neighbor down the street. I know you live here by yourself. I just want to come by and see, are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? I'm a stranger. I'm sure you don't want to give me your phone number, but here's mine. I'm going to lay it here on a card on your porch. If, if you'd like to talk to somebody, give me a call. Do you have Facebook? Can I friend you? Do you ever FaceTime? I'd be happy to talk to you. I'm going to the store. I'm going to the pharmacy or the grocery store. Can I pick something up for you? you don't, I'll just leave it on your porch. You don't need to interact with me. Or maybe you're out mowing your yard and you notice theirs is a little long. Roll your, roll your mower down there and mow their yard. Uh, just give something mm-hmm. to somebody. I guarantee you will feel 10 times better 
than when you're sitting around feeling sorry for yourself or anxious or depressed. Give to somebody else. It will fill you up. I think it's a great idea. Everything you've just said, Philip, and to also just imagine if somebody has something go wrong in their house. Let's just say somebody has an, a problem with their computer. So now they feel completely helpless. They, they have no contact with the outside world because that's how they would contact a family member or get the news. And it's a simple fix. You could talk them through it from outside. You could be standing at the end of the sidewalk and talk them through fixing something like that. So yes, knock on the doors and say, you know, I'll stand out here, but I'll talk you through it. Or you can leave the house and I will show you how I'm going to put on gloves and a mask and I will come in and fix your plumbing. I will come in and fix something, your heater, whatever. But but I think we can still reach out and help each other but and stay safe. Do it in a safe way. Uh, pick up, like Philip said, run errands or if you're going somewhere important that you need and you can pick up a prescription or whatever. But in your immediate area, try to reach out and help each other. And I agree with Philip as far as not watching the news all the time. I love to play music. Philip was talking on one of his shows he taped this week about some music that David Foster has just released that is so beautiful. Philip, tell everyone about that. The, the title of the album is 11 Words, and he just really thought of 11 words that really inspired him. And then he wrote 11 songs. They're, and these are not fancy mm-hmm. songs. They're very simple piano songs, but they're absolutely inspirational. Mm-hmm. And so he composed these 11 piano pieces and they're on Spotify. You can just go to Spotify and listen to them. This is this is a passion project mm-hmm. for him, not a commercial project. My favorite is Victory. It's called Victory. Mm-hmm. But it's eleven. It's entitled 11 Words, and it's very mellow. Mm-hmm. It's great for relaxing. and Which is what we all need right now, yeah. maybe. Just find a way to decompress, to uh, not feel so anxious and to not feel scared. So maybe turn off the, the news and turn on some music and just... Feel good about yourself that you've reached out maybe to your neighbors. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth. But when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. I think this might be a good time for me to talk about on this podcast, I always have a drink of the day. And maybe it's pick a new tea or a new a new drink of the day for yourself. Our drink of the day today is, for me, it's bottled water. I uh, can only have caffeine in the morning, so I use that with my morning coffee. And then the rest of the day, it's just water for me. Uh, or decaffeinated tea, but I love a hot peach ginger tea. I am not having that right now, but maybe you could just try something new. Philip is having a power drink. He loves this grape-flavored power drink, so that's his drink of the day right now. But uh, your drink of the day could be something new. Try something new, a new flavored tea, hot or cold. Maybe if you have coffee, start drinking it iced with something, maybe some chocolate or something in it. But Create a new drink of the day for yourself for a peaceful <clears throat> afternoon listening to music. You know, you bring up a good point, though, about trying <clears throat> something new, because one of the things 
you can do when you're in isolation. And I talk about this in Family First, a book I wrote several years ago, and it's called Shake It Up to Break It Up. Sometimes monotony can really get heavy in your life. And Robin's saying, try something new. Try something new in every phase of your life. You're in isolation. Mm -hmm. Look, one of the things that I think is real important for you to fight off anxiety and depression and loneliness is to keep as much of your routine as possible. You don't want to be some slug that gets up in the morning and stays in your pajamas all day and haven't brushed your hair in three days and, you know, you're just kind of dragging around the house. Let me tell you, we're going to get out of this soon. And you don't want to have to go from zero to 60 overnight. You should be getting up every morning, taking a shower, getting dressed, fixing your hair, putting on your makeup, doing whatever, and getting ready for the day and being productive during the day. And sometimes it helps to just like get up and rearrange all the furniture in the oh, den, in the living yes. room or the den. Move everything around. I'd love to do that. If that you've got a list. bucket of paint that's old out in the garage, <laughs> mix it up and paint one wall an accent wall. Do something. Go move all the furniture around out yes. on the on the back patio. Shake it up. Get make some things feel fresh. You've got long hair, cut it short. Oh, you got short wait, hair, no, grow wait it out. Wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. You don't, don't cut do your hair off. <laughs> you know, do something. Do, do something cut where it's bangs. fresh. It's different. Shake yeah. it up to break it up. He's it breaks right. up the monotony when you shake up the routine. Yeah. But Have breakfast do every night for dinner. Wouldn't that be fun? Anything. Do something different. Yeah. Don't just let days turn into weeks, weeks turn into yeah. months, and then all of a sudden they ring the starting bell, and you're going, oh, what? <laughs> oh, hell, I haven't brushed my hair in three weeks. Are you kidding? I got to go tomorrow? Let me tell you, it's like NASCAR. You, Everybody's behind that pace car. When that pace car pulls off the track, you want to be at full speed. That's right. You want to be getting ready for this because this is going to be over soon, and hey, we got to be ready. Right. Philip, tell everyone how often I used to run the furniture around that room in the house. Oh, my God. I used to come home and think <laughs> I was in the wrong house. Yes. I love moving the furniture around in the room. Seriously, I would come home, honestly, go over and sit down and fall on the floor. <laughs> Uh, where's yeah. my chair? Oh, it's over like, there now. Like I'm unusually strong for my size. And so I would move like huge armoires that had the TV in it or something. And he'd come in like, who moved this for you? I did it myself. Yeah, seriously. I thought she was cheating on me with a furniture mover. <laughs> like five oh. of them. She'd come in and be the couch move. Oh. And, and it was like all. every room, like the, the bedroom, she doing the this? family room. I, lo I love moving I figured the she'd around. get it on a towel or something. Yeah, she'd yeah. drag it. I'd get down on my, on my hands, on my, on my butt and push it with my feet. And then yeah. anyway, that would be a good idea. That's something fun to do. Move your room around and. Yeah, anything to just break up the monotony. You get excited about it. It feels fresh. feels fun. Oh, yeah, that's so fun. So tell us some more very important things to be uh, helping our psyche with through this. Well, look, if you, one of the things that I'm concerned about is the effects of stress and loneliness. Look, we have a fight or flight reaction. And, you know, we have an autonomic nervous system. And when you have a fight or flight reaction, that's when... Look, we only have one arousal system, so think about that. If you're walking down a dark alley at night, which you shouldn't be, but if you are, and you hear something behind you, what happens? The hair on the back of your neck stands up and you go, oh my God. That's the same arousal system that gets you pumped up if you're at the ball game and your team scores a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Same arousal system, same arousal system for sex, fear, excitement, 
all of that. And this fight-or-flight reaction that we have is designed to last for seconds, not even minutes. But when you're in the situation that we're in right now, it lasts for months or weeks. And when that happens, it changes your body. You go into a state of adrenergic arousal and even loneliness. When you are lonely, you stay aroused. You stay where you're tense all the time. And people that suffer chronic loneliness have a much higher incidence of heart attack. They have a much higher incidence of mortality. Lonely people die more than not lonely people. So this has a profound effect on our physiology. And let me tell you something. Just looking at a picture of a loved one causes people's experience of pain to lessen. Somebody can be in really severe pain, look at the picture of a loved one, and their experience of that pain goes down dramatically. So reaching out to other people, connecting with other people, really improves your physiology dramatically. Of course, it improves depression, anxiety, all the things that go along with being disconnected with others, but it changes your physiology. People that are elderly, it increases your likelihood of dementia 40% if you're lonely. It has a profound effect on our physiology as well as our psychology. So the long-term effects of this are going to be something we have to contend with if we don't deal with them now. So we have to fight this off. And if you're experiencing tension and anxiety, it twice a day, if you would just sit down and make a fist and tense up every muscle in your body for 10 seconds and then relax it for 10 seconds and then tense it up again for 10 seconds and then relax for 10 seconds and do that 10 times in a row twice a day and then also regulate your breathing Three seconds in, six seconds out. Three seconds in, six seconds out. Do that 10 times in a row, twice a day, along with your muscle tensing and relaxing. That rids your body of muscle tension and stress, and the effects last for over eight hours. Ten minutes... It lasts for eight hours. So if you do it twice a day, the accumulation of stress, lactic acid, tension in your body is depleted for over eight hours. So an investment of 20 minutes a day, 10 10 minutes twice a day, dramatically changes your experience of the day. Wow. And when I saw you doing that the other day, I thought you were mad at me. Now I know you were mad. I was just teasing I knew you weren't mad at me, right? I don't get mad at you. <laughs> Great. Great answer. I know better. <laughs> yes, thank you. Just like you, dear. Okay, so... Uh Well, that's great information right there. You know, it reminded me, too, of something I wanted to put on my list of things to do while in isolation. If you have a partner, of course, you can't do this by yourself, but I think that touch is so important, and you could go search on... Uh, yeah gentle, not poking. He just, for you listeners out there, he just poked me. But <laughs> but you can look up reflexology for the 
for the on the hands and the feet. And I think it's so wonderful when you have your partner and you take their hand and you just do a hand massage and a foot massage and just press on those points. And it really helps with the stress to release any stress. And I used to do this when Avery and London were really young and babies and it put them to sleep immediately. But it's a nice way to have some connection with your partner. And it really helps to just, it's soothing and it's very, very de-stressing. And then it gives you a chance to have some touch with each other. So I love that. Yeah, it's, it's something you can do. And if you have to get up 10 minutes early or go in the bathroom and turn on the shower and people think you're in the shower. I mean, <laughs> you haven't taken a lot of No, I'm just kidding. You know, do what Take you have to do shower. to get a few minutes to yourself and do it or yes. do it with your partner. Yeah. You know, whatever you have to do, do it with your kids. Do whatever you have to do to do it, but but do it. You know, one thing that also the second very consistent thing we do on my podcast is play games. We have a game of the day. Today's game of the day is a household favorite of ours, Yahtzee. Philip and I play Yahtzee together all of the time, especially during the period of isolation. Boy, I'm loving it because who would you say is one most Yahtzee games between us? Not me. So he's saying, me. I've been winning because let me tell you something. Uh, I have the two score pads here with me. I know. You oh, you just having to you carry those around with you? You can't see it because you're listening, but I'm going to I'm gonna post it. Uh, I'm going to show the camera that we have set up here uh, because you can see it, but I'm going to put a picture of it on the I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com website because uh, I really, really kicked butt one night. I had 400 and 66 points on my game because I got three Yahtzees. You know, if you get one Yahtzee, you get 50 points. If you get another Yahtzee in that game, you get an, an extra 100 points. And then if you get any other Yahtzees like I did in that one game, you get another 100 points. And so I got three Yahtzees in one game. So I I had to draw some stars and some arrows and stuff, but... Uh, yeah, I would accuse her of something fishy going on if I hadn't been sitting right there watching her. Yeah, he saw me. He saw me do it. Yeah. So uh, we didn't actually have a Yahtzee game. So we had, we found some dice. We found five. And Philip got online and, and printed the Yahtzee pads. I mean, we had a Yahtzee game, but we were at, we didn't have any pads, and any score pads. And he printed them. So you can actually play it. If you just have the dice, right? Yeah, you, what, you need five? Yeah, five dice. Yeah. So, and then I had a tray. I have a tray. We're just going to roll right now one time and see who can win at least one hand. Because yeah, we, we, we play the game on the podcast. So uh, I'm going to let you go first since you're the guest. So, and then. Uh, okay, wait a second. All right, I got I got three sixes. Wow. So, you know, you get three rolls per turn, and he's on, actually on. rolled one, and he got three nope. sixes. Now, this is his third roll. Well, you just threw full a full house. He just rolled a full house. Three sixes and two twos. Wow. What do you think of that? That's that's really good. Okay, so now I'm, it's my turn. I'm going to roll. And wow, mm. I didn't get very much. I got two ones, and then I got a three a four and a six, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll. Yeah, it's these not three. looking good for you. Oh, look, there's another one. 
So, wow, wouldn't it be great if I rolled these two dice and they Yeah, this would not end well. A Yahtzee. Here's four. Well, I got four ones. So he won this first roll. <laughs> Yeah, how about that? So, how about that? It's the first thing I've won in like three weeks. So, he won the first roll, and we won't play the whole game because it takes a long time, but I'm doing something a little bit different for this episode. To watch Philip and I play the game of the day, head over to youtube.com slash I've Got a Secret podcast to watch the full game. I guess what I should say is head over to YouTube to watch me win the game of the day. <laughs> On that note, we're all out of time. So a big, big thank you to my brilliant husband, Philip, sweetheart. I love well, you. you. This is the first time you've had me on, right? I know. I know it is the first time, but it's not going to be the last time, right? No, I've had you on, but you hadn't had me on before. You did have me on. I had to be in isolation with her, locked up where she could get to no one else to get on her podcast. That's what is really what's not the true. deal with that? That's not true. I was had just to be a pandemic you. to get an invitation. <laughs> it's really not true, but I'm so thrilled with the information that you and I were able to give my secret squad today. And did you have fun though, Philip? That's what I, I did. I yeah, know. yeah. This was fun. You do a good job with this. You really Thank do. You. I, I thought you really found your element in this. You, you really found your lane. You do a good job. Everybody that's on has a ball. Well, thank you. Thanks to you, though, it was your idea. Yeah, but you do a good job with it. Thank you. I knew you would. Thank you. You know me so well. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, all of you listeners out there, if you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe for a new episode every Wednesday. And just because we're isolated doesn't mean we're apart. You are all a part of the Secret Squad, and we're here for each other. Visit I've Got a Secret with RobinBraw.com for more secrets, squad perks, and for the behind-the-scenes photos, blogs, and for merchandise. I'll see you next week. Stay strong, stay safe, and bye-bye.